For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving. Tons of news this week with major campaign implications for 2022. Alex, where do you want to start? I think we got to talk about what's going on in front of the Supreme Court right now. Um, I, we'll leave the analysis of, of the, the Mississippi abortion case that might overturn Roe v. Wade to, to others. But I wanted to ask Joe from a purely campaign point of view, what does overturning Roe, assuming it gets overturned, do to the landscape next year? Who benefits from this? Well, you know, look, before we get into the campaign implications, I, I wanted to bring up something uh, David Doak uh, tweeted today. Um, and we'll put the tweet in the in the uh, show notes. Uh, but first, I want to explain a little bit about who he is. He is one of the most successful strategists uh, uh, in the Democratic Party. Uh, and not alarmist by any means um, for years. I, I worked, uh, uh, it, the, the firm was uh, Doak and Strum, and I was the vice president of the firm in the 80s and, uh, uh, and learned a lot from this guy. But his, here's what he said, and I'm going to quote him, quote, the most cynical thing in the Supreme Court argument was Kavanaugh talking about letting the states decide knowing that an earlier ruling had green-lighted extreme gerrymandering and voter suppression, then saying Congress can legislate when he knows full well that the filibuster makes that impossible. What is at play is a sophisticated right-wing assault on majority rule. One scheme working in concert with other neo-fascist schemes to effectuate minority rule, and it has only just begun, it will get worse unquote. And I'll put, we'll put that in the show notes. But I think to, to understand um, just how much of a, a my, minority their rule they're talking about, a, a new ABC poll says less than a third of Americans want Roe overturned. Even a majority of Republicans think abortion should be a private decision between a woman and her doctor. Just 20% of Americans, a small minority, want to see the decision of whether or not to have an abortion regulated by a law. They don't want to see it regulated by law. Only 20% 20 of Americans do. Majorities support abortion rights across racial, gender, regional, educational lines. And almost half of white evangelicals, the most conservative voting bloc in the country, say abortion should be between a woman and her doctor instead of regulated by law. And that's by put on top of that 62% of Catholics favor upholding Roe v. Wade, only about a quarter of Americans strongly support state laws that would make it more difficult for for clinics to run. And Alex, we saw this um, in focus groups in Alabama, uh, where we had uh, had focus groups with pro-life women, um, who when we brought this up, 
said they weren't comfortable with a ban on abortion, even though they were pro-life, that they thought that might be going too far. Um, and so, you know, from a, you know, from the politics side of this, uh, I still think this fits into they just don't care. I mean, they don't they don't care about the politics because they're they're again with the voter suppression laws and everything else that they're they're doing. They they think they're going to take the House and the Senate in 2022 and come back with and, and, and win in 2024. And for all of us who've been worried about this authoritarian movement, this is this is it, it, this is it in action. The, I think the, the bigger the right. other thing, though, and I think, you know, Chief Justice Roberts clearly gets this is it's the it's another ruining of an institution and debasing of an institution uh, you know of an institution that Americans had faith in and I don't think they can possibly have faith in this court if it does this uh particularly Kavanaugh's essentially committed perjury with Susan Collins and and in his right. testimony before the Senate for his confirmation, where he said, oh, no, precedent, of course, precedent's really important. I'm not going to overturn precedent. So it's, I think there are a lot of implications here, one of which I think is, is well, first of all, we'll see if they do this. If they do it, the ruling would come probably sometime next summer, be, way before the 2022 November election. Right. Plenty of time for it to sink in with voters. Much. I think right now, too, that there's still a lot of that this can't happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, I, mean, I think people um, are, are not yet grasping what I think David Doak is saying. I think he's right about just how, again, we all lack the imagination of just how far these people are willing to go. Right. And we're going to see, I think. Well, yeah, and, and the stats you quoted are from uh, Jill Filipovich's most recent CNN op-ed, and we'll include a link to that. But I thought the title of that one was interesting. It was like, why overturning Roe v. Wade would be a disaster for conservatives. And it, it, it's clear that there's a giant majority of Americans who are still for Roe and the stats you mentioned. What do you think this does for turnout next year and the motivation? Because remember, we're still, you know, especially in Virginia, you look at it. We're still way lagging behind Republicans on motivation to get out to the polls. Well, look, I think there'll be plenty of energy uh, around this if they if they do uh, indeed ban, put a ban in place or, you know, overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, that that will create a lot of energy. The the problem here, though, is, uh, again, in a lot like, you know, Susan Collins is not up. In, in 2022. So she's going to get a free pass on this. I mean, uh, uh, I think there will be Republicans uh, running for the Senate that are going to be put, you know, have a tough time with, with this. But, but I would still say right now, we just don't know. I think it's way too early to understand the, the, the true implications. And I think, but I do think it's going to happen early enough in the year that you will, I, I think there there will be people who have never organized before that will be out there, you know, phoning and and, and working. Uh, uh, I think this could really create 
a, 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 a huge organizing effort that turns out people you know, uh, for the Democrats in November. There was a good tweet from Dave Weigel, who should have saved it for the, the pod a couple of weeks ago. But he basically said this could be Trump's kind of masterstroke, greatest triumph, because he was the one who finally got enough justices to overturn it, which essentially locks him in for 2024, which we'll get to in a minute. But it there's a lot of other things that could lock him in for 2024, but that's got to help him with primary voters. Well, of course it will. I mean, look, it, it's still it, the, the the base that's driving this. Um, it, it is it, it's why so many of them, I think, hung with Trump, even when they were disgusted by other things that he was doing, that uh, he had delivered on the on the judges, not just on the Supreme Court, but throughout the judicial system. And I think there he is going to um, uh, to be unstoppable with this group of people. And that's a large enough group in the Republican primaries. Uh, uh, they'll be energized to come out for him for sure. Right. That's that 20 percent of Americans who are yeah. really, really really against this. Yeah, but they make up 40 something, you know, way uh, more uh, than a huge percentage of of the Republican base. Yep. Look, this is still going to be district by district. In other words, Alabama, um, it's it's not going to hurt any Republican uh, running statewide in Alabama in 2022. Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, uh, uh, you know, all, all, again, the same thing that gives them a majority in the Senate or near 50 percent in 50 percent of senators in the Senate are, uh, for the most part, again, and then with, you know, they're safe. And like I said, Susan Collins isn't even up. Then you go to um, House races where they've gerrymandered the, the thing so that they're a majority in a lot of these uh, districts. It will have an impact, I think, in some of the marginal battleground congressional districts in a way that I think will hurt the Republican nominee. But it, uh, it's 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 going to be interesting to see where the you know where this helps and hurts. And I think that's what's too early to tell right now. But I think in the end, they're going to regret this if they do it. Well, is there anything that Biden and the Democrats should be doing right now about this? I don't think I don't see what you can't. There's there's nothing you can do to this court. They're going to do what they're going to do. Uh, I think I, I just think at this point, Biden, look, the, 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 the problem with governing is you have there, there are things like covid, the new variant on the crime, et cetera, that have to be dealt with the economy, inflation, all those things. I think it's important for Democrats and Biden to focus on those issues and focus hard on them um, and, you know, and help people uh, get through all this and get the, you know, and, 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 uh, and I think that's the most important thing. I think it's, it's it, the, the worst thing right now, I think would be to, for, for, for the administration to start trying to figure out, uh, you know, on this issue, and and again, look like they're ignoring other things. So I, I no, I don't think so. Right. I think let this let the court do its, you know, make its ruling, and then uh, and then and, and be prepared for what looks like an overturning of Roe v. Wade. But I don't think, in terms of governing right now, no, they need to to focus on the things that they're they're 
uh, right now. It, for, first of all, people still don't think this is going to happen. They have right now. There are things happening. That, that we have Omicron. You know, we have the 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 economic impact of that uh, uh, and inflation and people having a hard time making it paycheck to paycheck. That's what they've got to concentrate, focus on, like with you know, uh, and let this let this play out. So, Joe, you mentioned a couple more conservative states earlier. A couple of states you didn't mention are New Hampshire, which might have a really interesting dynamic if if Rose overturned. But one state that really popped up in the news this week, obviously, is Georgia. We can't we can't not talk about it. Stacey Abrams announced rematch against Brian Kemp, probably Brian Kemp, which we'll get to in a minute. But Joe, want your take on the race? I think it's great that she got in. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, in the Democratic Party were hoping she would, and we're actually starting to worry that she would not make the race. But uh, look, I think, you know, she she lost by a little over 50,000 votes in 2018. Um, and, uh, you know, look, when we saw what happened in Georgia with with Biden and with uh, and picking up the two Senate seats there, uh, I think it, a large part of the reason that Georgia was so competitive is because of the 10 years uh, that Stacey Abrams and a lot of others in uh in Georgia put in to, to building a stronger uh, grassroots effort there. It's no no one better, I think, uh, to to lead the party in a campaign against uh, against Kemp or whoever they <laughs> whoever they decide right. to nominate over there. Well, get into that for a minute. I mean, Trump is out just to totally nuke everybody in Georgia who didn't give him that that state. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, will the, the MAGA base be there for him, for Brian Kemp? Well, did you see what Trump said? I think it was winning is hard to do with Brian Kemp because the MAGA base will just not vote for him after what he did with respect to election integrity and two horribly run elections. Yes, you just you hate to see this kind of <laughs> schism in the Republican Party uh, and Trump injecting himself uh, uh, and this one may not turn out well for Brian Kemp, but we'll we'll we've got plenty of time to see. It'll be fun to watch that. Yeah. Well, it, it, Paul Waldman in, in the Plum Line had a really good kind of summary of of what is really in play at Georgia next year. Which essentially, and I'm curious if you agree with this, his view is this is the center of the political world now. So we got. Trump's hold at the G- on the GOP, Republican voter suppression, and all the election shenanigans. Whether or not the Democratic multiracial coalition building can actually work against white backlash on the Republican side, control of the Senate, and then probably the 2024 presidential election. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with that. Look, you're going to see this whole, uh, the, really, the the uh, Trump's hold on the GOP. Well, look, uh, so far. I haven't seen any signs that he doesn't have complete a complete hold on the GOP. So I think that part's right on. And then, you, yes, the, the real question is, with all the Republican voter suppression and election manipulation that we know will happen, um, can the Democratic uh, coalition defeat it? And I think... Um, and I do think that, again, Stacey Abrams uh, being on the... Uh, you know, you know, on at the top of the ticket for governor is is going to help uh, mobilize all those uh, the, those uh, volunteers that she mobilized in 2018 and 
and then grew and and did even bigger, uh, better turnout in 2020. Right. And and that's not going to have a lot of crossover potential. It's not like any of those Abrams voters are going to go vote against Warnock. No, no, no. I think, look, I think this is a really uh, big help to Warnock. I mean, I think this this uh, really increases his his chances of uh, of holding on to that seat. So if she wins, it's pretty clear that you're looking at Stacey Abrams as one of the leading contenders for the next presidential nomination, whenever that is. But if she loses, I mean, does that kind of take the shine off or has the organization she's built kind of outlast that? Well, no, the organization she's built will outlast, uh, uh, you know, will outlast. uh, I mean, I think it's the reason Georgia eventually will uh, become, uh, you know, less of a purple state as it now may be uh, and continue with demographic changes and and. and the organizational efforts that she's built uh, be, you know, a, a place that by 2024, uh, the Democrat is likely to, to to win or have a real shot at winning, uh, even better shot than than, than Biden uh, had in 2020. Uh, 2020. But I, I think, uh, look, I, I've always thought that it was going to be a, a big uphill uh, climb for her to run for president in 2024. For you know, in, if somehow Joe Biden decides decides not to run, he's saying he he is. Uh, so you're looking at 2028 at at the earliest, I think, where there might be an opening for her. And look, who knows? She might be in the. First of all, I think she's going to win. But second of all, if if Democrats can hold the 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 presidency in 2024. She's likely to be in the cabinet, uh, you know, in the in the second term. Cabinet. I mean, there's things that can happen that, yes, would make her a formidable candidate down the road. But I don't think we're going to see her run for president in 2024. So do you think that her candidacy essentially equalizes Democrats odds where obviously they have all those historical headwinds with it's going to be a rough year. We're not got to run on the Biden agenda. We'll lose some congressional momentum. Does this kind of help bring some of that back for Democrats? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, the midterm elections are are fundamentally about turnout. Uh, you know, it's a, a presidential year. Everybody's voting. You know, we, we saw that in 2020. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Uh, I think that, um, uh, you know, a, a midterm election in a state like Georgia is going to be uh, come down to who can turn out organizationally get their voters out. I mean, that doesn't mean you can gaff your way. Yeah, I mean, things can happen. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying it's, it's you know, fundamentally, is there, where's the energy in the race and, and the best organization in being able to turn those votes out? And with voter suppression going on, organization's really going to matter because, you know, making sure that people are registered, making sure, and she's great at that. Her organization's great at that. So, no, I... I think this is a big plus um, for Democrats across the board in Georgia in 2022. And, and I think her joining the, the fray is a very energizing moment and, and a candidacy that will, I think, energize voters. And that I think that helps Warnock as well. So Twitter poll of the day, who's got better odds, Abrams or Beto? Who's your vote there? Uh, I think... I actually think both of them have a better shot than 
than you know the the conventional wisdom uh, would have it. Uh, a lot of the talking heads and pundits, I think, uh, both of them are very similar in the ability to energize and organize. And I think in midterms, that's a really important thing. And I don't think anybody's all that excited about. Uh, I mean, I think it's what's exciting about Abbott. I mean, why, it's not like people are just like, oh, we need more, four more years of Abbott. I think the same thing with Kemp. I'm not sure that there's a, a, a you know, some, particularly with Trump <laughs> calling him, calling the MAGA folks out, uh, folks out to not vote for him. Um, if he keeps pushing that, I, I think there's a real shot in both places. Joe, you think this has any implications for kind of that Republican base, that evangelical turnout, especially in places like Georgia? The other thing, seriously, is, you know, it, it's one of these strange things. But if the uh, the Supreme Court uh, overturns Roe v. Wade, I'm not sure why the evangelicals are all that crazed about coming out for Kemp. I mean, there's no or, or to stop. Warning. I mean, in other words, there's in a weird way, it it um, it kind of lowers the temperature on one side and heats it up. Uh, uh, with a lot, of, like I think, with a lot of suburban women and others to 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 make sure they come out and vote. So, I think that differential. It, 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 one of the implications that could happen here is uh, one of the one of the things that the the Republicans have used repeatedly over in every election cycle is, particularly in the Senate, is you you know we gotta we've got to win the court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well. They did it. Now, at, at this point, I'm saying I'm hypothesizing that that the court overturns Roe v. Wade. I'm not sure that that doesn't, you know, sort of impede the reason to get. What's the argument? To get, I mean, that that evil fire that's got to be stopped. I don't, you know, I'm not sure it's there, and that could have implications as well in 2022. So, Joe, you mentioned 2024 earlier. There are a few little kind of nuggets this week that the tea leaves are really suggesting that it's really starting to heat up on, on both sides, actually, if you're starting to read between the lines. You got Trump hosting The Apprentice at Mar-a-Lago for his VP. Uh, want your take on that. And then obviously some stuff on the Democratic side. But let's start Let's start with the latest in the kind of Trump stuff. I maintain he's running. I think he, there's no way he doesn't run. I've said all along, particularly if they, if they do take the House, uh, in 2022, uh, you can take that as a slam dunk guarantee. He's going to run because he knows he can't lose because he knows the Republican House of Rep- Representatives will certify the loser. I've said that before. I just don't see any way that he he doesn't uh, go. And look, you know, doing the VP thing, uh, they're all begging me. He says, "It's <laughs> uh, great." Th- those familiar with his thinking, this is a uh, uh, money line quote, those familiar with his thinking say his selection will be determined by two factors that rate highest in Trump's estimation, unquestioned loyalty and embrace yep. of the former president's baseless claims that the 2020 election was stolen from him. No way. I think that means Pence is not going to be his, his, I, <laughs> does that mean Pence is not on the list? Does anybody know? I, I, is he going to? Is he doing the apprentice thing? I kind of think he's outski. Yeah, I would say so. I don't think he's quite gonna. Uh, well, he was. He was. Well, he no. 
if, with uh, January 6th certifying the vote, uh, actually counting the, the, the electoral votes, uh, the only job he had was uh, that is is going to screw him on the unquestioned loyalty thing. Uh, he didn't go along with the coup, or at least not as far as Trump wanted him to. Yeah. I mean, at this point, Joe, it's kind of big liar bust, right? I mean, the one thing Michael Cohen said on Meet the Press that Trump isn't running in 2024. You buy that at all? Look, I mean, you know, Cohen knows him better than most. Uh, and uh, but I think I just and, and I understand his arguments, but, uh, you know, that if he loses, then then the big lie disappears. And, you know, so the, so that uh, uh, Trump won't want to risk that. And on the but I just don't see Trump's ego. And, you know, we know how driven he is to be the star of everything. Could he actually sit out not being, you know, not having the entire planet focused on him? And if he if he doesn't run, he becomes completely irrelevant at that point. And even though, I mean, he'll still, you know, uh, run around attacking the other the candidates that do run, and it, you know, and, and saying they're not him or they're not good enough, whatever. But I just don't see it. It, it just makes him totally in, in a lot of ways just diminishes his relevance so much. I just don't think he can take that, particularly if Republicans take the House. Like I said, at that point, he'll know that they'll that he, he, he look, they had one hundred thirty nine. They had they didn't have a majority. Right. They weren't in the majority. It's the only thing that that's how close we came, because had they been in the majority, I you know, does anybody doubt that that the, the Republican caucus would have would have not they would have not certified Joe Biden as president. He, he and he will be certain. I mean, in his head, he'll be certain of that um, if they have that, that he will be able to 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 look how many of them, 139 of them went along with the big lie. Uh, and I mean, to the extent not the big lie, but literally went on with went along with the coup. So I, I just don't see how in his head if they have a majority, which is why we all folks have to make sure we do everything we can uh, to win the House and win those uh, battleground districts uh, that are out there. We have to, because right. I, I think that's the way to stop Trump. That's why he won't run. If, he, if there's a Democratic majority in the House of Representatives elected in 2022, it'll be the 2024 I think that uh, certify. Well, we have to look at that. How's that work? Do you know? Because the well, Congress is sworn in before, so yeah, it would be it'd be the twenty 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 four. I just think he'll 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 be emboldened if they win the House and deflated if we do. And I think that's the best way to stop him in twenty twenty two. Joe, on the Democratic side, anything you see out of the last week or two catch your interest? There's a ton of behind the scenes jockeying, a lot of leaks mostly kind of between Pete and Kamala Harris. What's going on there? Uh, look, uh, uh, I think the 2024 ticket's going to be Biden-Harris. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was one of the people way back before Biden announced, when everybody was saying the day he announced it'll be his high point, he won't be the nominee, that he was going to be the nominee. And when we got creamed in the first few states, I said he's going to be the nominee. I believe that if he, that one, he says he's going to run. I think if he does, he's going to be the nominee. 
and Kamala will be his, his uh, vice president. We'll see. There's a lot of time between now and then. Uh, but the, uh, I think a lot of this is just the media and, and yeah, different other potential candidates out there, you know, want to put themselves out a little bit. Uh, but I don't think any of it's going to matter. I think Joe Biden's going to going to run. Yeah, I know more about Kamala Harris's kitchen purchases in the last three weeks than I've heard anything about her in several months. You got to wonder why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think it's all it's all noise, and uh, and in the end, uh, you know, look, the, the the reality is, it doesn't. All of this doesn't matter at this point. It, the one thing that matters is is Joe Biden's presidency successful or not if it's successful and uh and if uh uh you know infrastructure reconciliation build back better inflation uh, comes into control and people believe start to shift and believe uh his approval goes up then, then that's how we whoever runs in 2024 has a shot on the other hand it, this is the, why I think Democrats need to just come to grips with reality here in the House and Senate and find places where they can agree and pass things and get them done and support the Biden agenda. Because if if it's only the success of Joe Biden, his approval rating rising, that makes any of this matter. Otherwise, let me tell you, I've been there when, you know, Jimmy Carter was in the just uh, approval ratings that were, you know, way underwater. And we've seen this every time that ha it happens. Um, it doesn't matter who the nominee is. It's going to be <laughs> you're not going to be able to we're not going to take the, the House and uh, I mean, the, the White House in 2024 if that doesn't happen. So instead of fighting with each other. Democrats have to get um, uh, get in the room and start, uh, you know, and and find agreement. And I think that that means yes, ending the filibuster. It means vote passing voting rights. It means just just doing what needs to be done to protect the country from these people and to make people's lives better. That's what we have to do and stop worrying about who's going to run in 2024. It's probably going to be Biden, and if it isn't. Uh, or his numbers are, are you, you know, if his presidency is viewed as a failed presidency, trust me, you know, Mayor Pete, Kamala, whoever, uh, Stacey Abrams can, you know, can go out in 2024. It's not going to work. Joe, I think that's just about all the time we have today. Well, thanks for listening to that trippy show. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to please subscribe to that trippy show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. And please do share this with a friend. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. We'll see you next time. And Alex, Alex will be sharper on the next show. Or I will. I'll try to be sharp. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. 
ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.